Hello and welcome to episode 252 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It's my pleasure to be with you this morning. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Tuesday, July the 26th, 2022, in the year of our Lord, continuing to adore the most precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in this month of July, dedicated to his most precious blood. This is from the text, Devotion to the Precious Blood by Father M.F. Walls. It was initially published in 1925. These are invocations to the precious blood from the writings of St. Catherine of Siena. Precious blood, ocean of divine mercy, flow upon us. Precious blood, most pure offering, procure us every grace. Precious blood, delight of holy souls, draw us to thee. Precious blood, inexhaustible treasure, enrich us. Precious blood, furnace of love, warm our cold hearts. Precious blood, sweet charm of holy souls, attract us. Precious blood, fount of chastity, purify us. Precious blood, hope and refuge of sinners, answer for us. Precious blood, balm of wounded hearts, console us. Precious blood, efficacious remedy for every suffering, heal us. Precious blood, refuge of the tempted, come to our aid. Precious blood, hope of the agonizing, help us. Precious blood, seed of Christians, increase our zeal. Precious blood, admiration of the angels, exalt us. Precious blood, love of the seraphim, inflame us. Precious blood, faith of the patriarchs, enlighten us. Precious blood, hope of the prophets, strengthen us. Precious blood, charity of the apostles, animate us. Precious blood, strength of martyrs, sustain us. Precious blood, reward of confessors, quicken us. Precious blood, beauty of virgins, adorn us. Precious blood, delight of all the saints, inebriate us. Lord Jesus Christ, who for our salvation didst vouchsafe to shed thy precious blood with such liberality, grant that by its constant influence on our souls we may experience its admirable power and efficacy, who livest and reignest without end. Amen. And these are other invocations of the precious blood. Precious blood of Jesus, shed in the circumcision, make me chaste of mind, heart, and body. Precious blood of Jesus, oozing from every pore in the agony of Gethsemane, grant me to love above all things the holy and adorable will of God. Precious blood, flowing abundantly in the scourging at the pillar, inspire me with a keen sorrow for my sins and a love of suffering. Precious blood, falling in profusion from the crown of thorns, grant me a love of humiliations. Precious blood, fructifying the way to Calvary, fill me with the courage necessary to walk unfalteringly in the footsteps of Jesus. Precious blood, shed so profusely in the crucifixion, make me die entirely to self-love. Precious blood, shed to the very last drop by the opening of the Sacred Heart, Grant me that generous love that sacrifices all for God. Precious blood, sacred source, whence flow all virtues and all graces, apply thine infinite merits to my soul. Precious blood, whose virtue animates and vivifies our actions, apply thy infinite merits to all our works. Life-giving fountain, in which the soul fully slakes its thirst, inebriate my soul with thy pure love. Precious blood, which can stay the effects of divine justice upon sinners, convert them all, but especially those who are dear to me. O divine blood of Jesus, I adore thee from the depths of my heart. Thee 
I ardently invoke, for thou art my salvation, and through thee I hope to obtain the joys of paradise. Eternal Father, be merciful through the blood of thine only Son. We conjure thee, show us thy mercy. Most precious blood of Jesus, cry to thine divine Father for mercy upon us and deliver us. Eternal Father, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus and satisfaction for my sins and for the wants of Holy Church. May all the words that I speak be so many arrows dipped in the blood of thy sacred heart, O Jesus, to pierce the hearts of all who hear them with love for thee. Amen. I'd like to take a look now at Plinio Correa de Oliveira, Prophet of the Reign of Mary, by Professor Roberto Di Mattei. And what's being discussed in today's section, and I believe the correct pronunciation, although two different pronunciations are given on YouTube, the one that seems to be more often given is Bagar. It's pronounced or spelled, I should say, B-A-G-A-R-R-E. Hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly. So this section is entitled The Bagar, and let's get right to the reading. I believe this is very important because I think this is the time in history that we're going through right now. This book was published in English in 2019, and it is rather prophetic. Um, the subtitle is Prophet of the Reign of Mary, and you'll have to decide for yourself whether or not you think this is the time that is currently taking place in history in the year 2022. Beguerre is a French word that indicates a state of confusion due to a dispute or brawl. Plinio Correa de Oliveira employs it as a metaphor to describe the punishment that awaits humanity, a moment of supreme justice, but also of supreme mercy, because that is when God will intervene in history to destroy the revolution and establish the reign of Mary. The Beguerre is not the punishment of the times of Antichrist, but a prefigure of it. It will be, according to Plinio, one of the most majestic and tragic events in world history. To prefigure means that one thing can represent another, to be its figure. Plinio gives this example. A painting representing a rose is the figure of the rose that the painter wants to depict. But a prefiguration is a figure that precedes the thing represented. If a representation of the rose precedes the existence of the rose, one can speak of a prefiguration. From this standpoint, by anticipating an event, the prefiguration is a prophetic event, as would be a painting done before the rose existed. In this sense, the fall of Jerusalem is a foreshadowing both of the Beguerre and of the end of the world. And the Beguerre is a prefigure of the end of the world and the coming of the Antichrist, which Cornelius Alapidae describes as characterized by very serious riots, wars, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, false Christs. The Beguerre is a supreme chastisement for the gravity of the sin it punishes. It can be defined as the synthesis of all the punishments with which God always punishes humanity, wars, epidemics, famine, natural disasters, to these misfortunes today is added a more serious one, psychological and moral chaos, which leads to the loss of reason and a profound suffering of the soul. It will be a universal convulsion that will bring an upheaval in the world's disorderly situation, 
which will be followed by a fullness of order and holiness in the church and in the world. It will be a convulsion not only in human order, but in the meteorological and cosmic order, a supernatural and preternatural punishment, which will lead to the liquidation of today's world, the conversion of survivors, and the establishment of a new Christian civilization, the reign of Mary, a triumphant era for the Holy Roman Church, and a prodigious increase in the action of the Holy Ghost in her life. As a consequence of this punishment, unrepentant and irreducible sinners will be wiped from the face of the earth. Many sinners will convert and perish, while others will be converted and saved, regenerated by grace. Many of the just will die, while others will be saved and build the reign of Mary. The days of Begar will be days of avenging anger that restores violated justice and purifies and sanctifies the earth, as happened at the time of the flood. The Begar will be started and ended by the angels. If it is true that all corporeal things are governed by the angels, they will be the tools God will use to accomplish his designs. But our ladies' ardent devotees, the apostles of the latter times of whom St. Louis de Montfort spoke, will play a role in it. Marie de Valais speaks about the great punishments and says the instruments of divine justice will be some men, very weak and soft before the chastisement, but who during it will receive an action of the Holy Ghost that will transform them into men of extraordinary fortitude. She gives them two titles, God's increpators and avengers. In other words, they should have two purposes. One, reproach the world for the sins it committed and into which it fell to try and save part of humanity. And two, they must be avengers, that is, strike blows of divine justice against those committing the sin of revolution at its peak, who were plotting against the good in order to wipe them out from the face of the earth and virtually eliminate the children of Our Lady. To increpate is to accuse someone of a certain transgression, describing it with sovereign eloquence and nobility, hence the difference between increpating and simply accusing. The increpator rises to the zenith of the principles on whose behalf he makes the accusation, he is, as it were, an embodiment of the principles in whose name he accuses. He rises up to accuse. In his person, nobility, and elevation of soul, he is the embodiment of the principles he avenges. He avenges against the increpated one. And if these principles are unheeded, he threatens. The Begar will be the historic hour in which the counter-revolution will wage the final battle. Either the world ends, and it will not, or a counter-revolution has to come that dominates the world, and this is inescapable. How does this counter-revolution win? Through a great chastisement that crushes the power of evil, and through the fight of the good who win in the name of Mary. What is the end result? It is predicted that a handful of good people will fight even in the worst of times and circumstances, and will raise the standard of Our Lady during the fight. For now, these good ones are still very few in view of the immense mass of the revolution. But the course of events is on their side because evil marches to its own death and annihilation. This is because the nature of evil is such that it inevitably destroys itself. Evil is like a disease. When allowed to run its course, it kills the patient. But by killing the patient, it also dies. Cancer kills the cancer patient, but the patient's death kills the cancer as both die together. 
The Beguer will not be the end of the world because Our Lady will obtain a postscript in world history to establish her reign. Then there will be an entirely exceptional reign in circumstances we cannot entirely predict. For Plinio, the certainty of these events is based on the fact that a punishment is always an act of supreme mercy. Mercy can ward off punishment as happened to Nineveh, but if there is no repentance, punishment is logical and necessary. If we are convinced that the moral degradation of humanity is a result of a long revolutionary process, we cannot but expect a purifying punishment. Only that extraordinary punishment will make the world understand the seriousness of the sin of revolution. The certainty of the beggar is a logical consequence of the undeniable existence of the revolution. Indeed, the dynamic of evil has its own irreversibility. In the moral order, Vices are nourished by their own effect. For example, addiction to alcohol or compulsive gambling. The individual gets drunk because he is intemperate. The cause was intemperance. But drunkenness, which is the effect, feeds its own cause, which is intemperance. Result? The individual sinks into drunkenness. The same could be said of a thousand other vices. For example, addiction to games, sensuality, or anger. All vices are like that. They are nourished by their own effect. No moral defect is irreversible, for grace can interrupt the corruption process. But the more a sinner becomes mired in vice, the rarer is the intervention of grace. This is natural, for it is much harder for an individual at the height of addiction to receive a grace to convert, something that is less difficult at the beginning of his addiction. So in the final stage of addiction, there is, as it were, an irreversibility. It is not irreversibility properly speaking, as an intervention of grace is always possible, but there is something like irreversibility, a quasi-irreversibility. If we switch from the general moral case to the concrete fact, we know that the revolution has reached a pinnacle of pride and sensuality worldwide, making it almost impossible, or rather impossible, without a spectacular miracle, for these vices, which bring with them all others, not to cause humanity to explode. Why? Because when it attains its fullness, disorder causes complete breakdown. This is the cause of death. It would be like a clock that works. If disorder is progressively introduced in its mechanism, at some point the clock stops. Now, sensuality and pride are on the verge of attaining a fullness, the fullness of disorder. And therefore, they have a priori to cause an explosion, that is, wars, revolutions, agitation, etc., Therefore, the beggar is certain, as it were. The beggar is therefore a terrible punishment, but one that also has a dimension of forgiveness and mercy. The theology of history shows that from the creation of the universe until the end of the world, there have been and will be immense sins followed by immense acts of divine mercy. The history of the universe opens with the supreme sin, the revolt of the angels. But from that moment, the role of the Virgin Mary, Queen of Angels, called to crush the head of Satan and of the rebellious angels, begins to emerge in history. The sin of Adam's descendants corrupts humanity, which decays until the flood and is followed by God's covenant with the chosen people. The chosen people are stained with the sin of deicide, but the passion of Christ redeems mankind. And from the pierced side of Christ, the church is born. And from the church, is born the Christian civilization of the Middle Ages. The sin of revolution 
which halted the development of Christian civilization for many centuries and led to the spiritual and moral ruin of our day, cannot but arouse a reaction which, supported by divine grace, will lead to the historical realization of the great plan of divine providence. Plinio Correa de Oliveira explains, The whole theory of the beggar is based on the idea that under the normal and even extraordinary ways of grace, when great apostasies occur, from a certain moment the possibility of real conversion no longer exists. Theoretically, conversion is possible because God can do whatever he wants, but this is entirely out of his habits. Therefore, one must act as if it were not likely, while not excluding the possibility that in the present world's worthless disorder, recoverable elements can be found to prepare a worthy order after the beggar. So ends today's reading, and this is where the Blessed Mother comes in. Only a situation as awful, as evil, as the one that's taking place right now, only she can remedy the situation because it's the way that Jesus has set it up. The fourth commandment is honor thy father and thy mother. Who keeps the commandments better than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Obviously, no one. He wants the Blessed Mother to be honored. The triumph of her Immaculate Heart is coming soon. It's going to be as a result of the consecration that took place in March and also of our actions responding to God's grace. God can do whatever he wants in the blink of an eye, but he uses us, his broken, fallible, sinful instruments, to work out his will to work out salvation history. We cooperate in what he wants to get done. And even when we don't cooperate in what he wants to get done, when we sin, he's still going to achieve what he wants because he's God, he's perfect. He doesn't will evil to exist, but in his permissive will, let's say, he allows it to happen in order to draw a greater good from it And we see, of course, and this was mentioned during the course of today's reading, deicide, the murder of our Lord Jesus Christ. The worst thing that could possibly happen opens up the greatest thing that could take place, the opportunity for us, if once again we respond to the Lord's grace, to enter into the kingdom of heaven, if we do good and avoid evil. So pray your rosary every single day. Know that this is a time of great chastisement, but it's also a time of great hope because something beautiful is coming on the end of this. Just hold fast, do what we know is right, read from the Bible every day, attend Mass. I recommend traditional Latin Mass or Divine Liturgy. Go to confession frequently. Stay away from mortal sin, obviously. Stay away from sinful situations. Surround yourself with good people, people who are pursuing virtue, and know that everything is taking place as it should, according to the Lord's designs, and that he is going to work miracles through Our Lady of Fatima. Oremos. Prayer for the hastening of the triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. O Immaculate Heart of Mary, Holy Mother of God and our tender mother, look upon the distress in which the whole of mankind is living due to the spread of materialism, godlessness, and the persecution of the Catholic faith. In our own day, 
the mystical body of Christ is bleeding from so many wounds caused within the church by the unpunished spread of heresies, the justification of sins against the sixth commandment, the seeking of the kingdom of earth rather than that of heaven, the horrendous sacrileges against the most holy Eucharist, especially through the practice of communion in the hand and the Protestant shaping of the celebration of the Holy Mass. Amidst these trials appeared the light of the consecration of Russia to thine immaculate heart by the Pope in union with the world's bishops. In Fatima, thou didst request the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays of the month. Implore thy divine son to grant a special grace to the Pope that he might approve the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. May Almighty God hasten the time when Russia will convert to Catholic unity, mankind will be given a time of peace, and the church will be granted an authentic renewal in the purity of the Catholic faith, the sacredness of divine worship, and the holiness of Christian life. O Mediatrix of all graces, O Queen of the Most Holy Rosary and our sweet Mother, turn thine eyes of mercy towards us and graciously hear this, our trusting prayer. Amen. I love that prayer by Bishop Schneider. This is to honor St. Raphael, the Archangel, my co-patron. Prayers for those who are undertaking a journey or a walk. In the way of peace, direct us, O Lord. We praise and venerate all the heavenly princes, but especially Raphael, faithful physician and companion true, who with heaven's power bindeth fast the demon. God hath given his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. Let us pray. O God, who didst give the blessed archangel Raphael unto thy servant Tobias to be his fellow traveler, grant unto us, thy servants, that the same may ever keep us and shield us Help us and defend us. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Let us go forward in peace in the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, to honor my other co-patron, the praises of St. Joseph by St. John Eudes. Hail Joseph, image of God the Father. Hail Joseph, Father of God the Son. Hail Joseph, temple of the Holy Spirit. Hail Joseph, beloved of the most holy trinity. Hail Joseph, most faithful coadjutor of the great council. Hail Joseph, most worthy spouse of the Virgin Mary. Hail Joseph, father of all the faithful. Hail Joseph, guardian of all those who have embraced holy virginity. Hail Joseph, faithful observer of holy silence. Hail Joseph, lover of holy poverty. Hail Joseph, model of meekness and patience. Hail Joseph, mirror of humility and obedience. Blessed art thou above all men. Blessed thine eyes which have seen the things which thou hast seen. Blessed thine ears, which have heard the things which thou hast heard. Blessed thy hands, which have touched and handled the incarnate word. Blessed thine arms, which have borne him who bears all things. Blessed thy bosom, on which the Son of God fondly rested. Blessed thy heart, inflamed with burning love. Blessed be the eternal Father who chose thee. Now let us also pray the following Fatima prayer. By thy pure and immaculate conception, O Mary, obtain for me the conversion of Russia, Spain, Portugal, Europe, the United States, Canada, and the whole world. Virgo potens, ora pronobis, sancti Joseph, teradimonem, ora pronobis. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. 
excuse me, I also need to, f- to finish this uh, prayer to St. Joseph. It was cut off and on the other side. Blessed be the son who loved thee. Blessed be the Holy Spirit who sanctified thee. Blessed be Mary, thy spouse, who cherished thee at her as her spouse and brother. Blessed be the angel who served thee as a guardian. And blessed forever be all who love and bless thee. Amen. Thank you very kindly, my friends, for listening to this episode of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. In your charity, please share Our Lady's podcast with everyone you know. Follow us on Twitter. The handle is at Fatima Podcast. And most especially, pray for the eternal salvation of Pope Francis. Goodbye and God love you.